everybody, and happy New Year's from the Glad Chad Podcast. I'm Jordan Pacheco. And I'm Rudy Carlos. How's, how's 2020 treating you so far? 2020? Uh, well, it's in the future sometimes, so... <laughs> That's Has right. Happened yet? Oh no, we've let the cat out of the bag. Turns out we were recording this actually on the eve of New Year's Eve. Eveception. But with the magic of editing, you're gonna be experiencing. Uh for instance, I'm going to put one of those party sound effects, like the kazoo things, right here okay. for Happy New Year's, right? Okay, Three, good. two, one. Happy New Year! Yeah! <laughs> edited <laughs> so i um gunshots gunshots man how was your christmas you know i didn't realize this but uh i wish you were merry christmas at some point but merry christmas rudy merry, merry belated christmas merry christmas it's still christmas people oh it is it's still the oct- inside the octave of christmas yep uh it's you know it's nice i was thinking about this it's always nice when the sunday uh in the octave of christmas falls a couple days after christmas rather than having them just like right on top of each other as you get because it's December 25th, so it changes its dates. So you can have Christmas on a Saturday, um, and then Sunday. Yeah, yeah don't mm-hmm. give me that look, Rudy. Sorry, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm not good at math, so I was trying to figure that out. It's okay, it's, it's a good thing you're pretty. Oh <laughs> 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 no, no, I know, right? Glad Trads I took a whole new return. Oh, <laughs> uh, how was your how was your Christmas? What did what did you do? Oh, Christmas was great. Um, I went over to my mom's house. Uh, she lives in Hemet, so. Went out there and it was nice and cold. Mm-hmm. Spent some time with her and my stepdad and uh, who else was there? Um, Ashley came and my mother-in-law as well. And then hey. afterwards, a couple of days later, we did Christmas at, at their house. This was, was the, pretty good. This was the first Christmas I uh, I wasn't at home, meaning Colorado. Wow, really? I, I was at Jen's family. It was, I was at Jen's house her immediate house with her immediate family first time i ever met her brothers by the way all three of them in the same room i met one before she has brothers she has she has three brothers in total that's a mistake it is a mistake until you realize <laughs> that we're 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 brothers now so just kidding that's a that's a reference to something but oh what's okay <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. so we did that and then i also went to her extended families uh they have a house they're based more out of santa clarita and so we went to kind of a big Christmas party over there and we got to do a Secret Santa thing. And you can't see this, listener, but if you look over there, Rudy, you see those, that plateware over there? Oh. Yeah, that's right. I Secret santa that. I, there's like an exchange kind of game that they play. And nice. we, we came out on top. Uh, there's also a waffle maker that we got. So we lucked out. We went, we made out like a bandit, dude. I just remember too, we did, we did the Christmas party at our, uh, that's right. Yeah. Our, one of the, the parishioners has this really amazing house and they're just so, they're so kind mm-hmm. and they just had all of the, the young adults together and, um, we did like a secret Santa gift exchange yeah. and I really made out like a bandit because I had put that, you know, they ask you on this little sheet, like, Oh, list five things you like and three things you don't like. Uh-huh. And one thing that's on your list that is, you know, maybe you did get, or you haven't gotten. And, um, I wanted the Thomas Aquinas in 50 pages book <laughs> Very by specific. Taylor Marshall. Uh-huh. And it just so happened to be that the person who got me got the book for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the exchange. So didn't even know it was great. That's awesome. And then we went to you went to midnight mass at St. Vitus. Oh man, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Man. It was just the most beautiful. It was the first um, traditional Latin mass midnight mass that I'd gone to. No way. And I was just blown away. I mean, you know, it, 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 I started thinking about it. 
And I was just reminiscing on that that night because it was just so... This whole season has been really joy-filled. Mm-hmm. It's the first Christmas that I've just been like super, super happy and in tune with what it's all about. Jesus is the reason for the season. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, you know, like we we're a growing community. We talked about that in the first episode. And so our church still is a little bit too small to to accommodate all of the the massive growth that we've had over this this year, right? right. And so we have these tent, this like tent cathedral, you know, we've had it a couple of times now. And um, just the amount of, of work that went into making it look like, you know, an adequate space. But I was, I was thinking, this is what I was alluding to in the beginning when I started talking about this, is I was thinking this tent cathedral, it, it's, wholly, it's a wholly inadequate place for us to have a mass. You know, you think about the mass and you think about, you know, a beautiful cathedral Mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll get there. I believe it. Oh yeah. But I was, I was reminiscing on how it was inadequate to, to contain the holy sacrifice of the mass. And then I, I started thinking it's, it's almost like the nativity scene, you know, Jesus is born into an inadequate place. You know, he's born in in a manger because there wasn't any room for him. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and we're in this tent, you know, because that's just, that's the card that we have right now. But later on, we're going to be in a cathedral or something. Mm -hmm. I believe it. You know, I think so. One thing to keep in mind, I think on that train is that Europe's a perfect example of this, where you have, the faith has been so gutted that you have beautiful cathedrals that have stood the test of time and will stand the test of time, but they're empty. Mm -hmm. It's another empty church. And so what you do want at the end of the day is is obviously the aesthetics are important because they point us towards God. But, you know, it's it's also kind of funny because I think it's very reminiscent, not just of Jesus's nativity, but also of the early days of Christianity. We were having mass in catacombs mm-hmm. like that's not an adequate place. And, and it was it wasn't just because of our, our tying to the saints. That was a spiritual reason, but also because that's the only place where Christians can congregate. This is this is a place that is wholly inadequate to have the mass, the holy sacrifice of the mass. But yet, because it is the moment where heaven and earth meet, it is the perfect place for it. Yeah, exactly. We we are our parish is the church building itself is small, and we're always pouring out every single Sunday. But you know, it's like despite not having the the most conventional of places for the mass, we had more seating. Mm-hmm. And I told our priest before, I said, you know, this takes care of our, of our, uh, of our population problem. <laughs> and he kind of hard, hard, but they, they did very wonderful. They, they put new altar rails out there. Mm-hmm. There was seating for everyone, place to kneel. They put heaters up so people could stay warm. And one of my favorite aspects was I'm a member of the choir and we have a very big and very wonderful sounding choir. And it's, it's greatly large part to our choir master who's brilliant he's absolutely brilliant but because of the nature of seating in saint vitus we aren't actually in the in the we don't have a a choir loft we're not even in the church actually we are or we're in the church but we're behind the altar in a in the choir room and we have built a microphone system that essentially projects us out to the congregation so because we had we could kind of build up the the mass at christmas in a different way the choir was in the very back of 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 the tent cathedral mm-hmm. and we sang with you know we sang with microphones but we also were able to be present at the mass 
and that changed our sound and also i think a lot of our our esprit de corps if you will because we're not just looking at the mask through a screen mm-hmm. and and kind of queuing up what our section is but we are this is what this is what actual participation looks like like we're actually fully engaged in the rich liturgical history and the rich liturgy that's taking place right in front of us so i think on all accounts it was probably the most beautiful christmas mass i've ever been to same because it was it was ours and all glory to god and special thanks to the fraternity and to our priests and everybody who really really helped welcome the king of kings in in the best way possible the people who volunteered to set up the tent Mm -hmm. and people who created the the kneelers and stuff yeah. and you know i'm gonna awesome. you know when we do have our cathedral i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you that we we can't ever forget our roots you know that no everyone yeah. like banding together and making the best out of our little startup parishes that we can because it only grows from here yeah and that's exciting by the way would you rather have a tent cathedral or a crystal cathedral like the one in the oc <laughs> like the one in the, the oc the literal uh-huh, like the literal crystal cathedral ah uh... As is, I can't modify you it. You can't modify it, my dude. I'd take a tent. Yeah, me too. Because the Crystal Cathedral looks like a, a airport lounge. We have to have a, a topic on architecture one day. Yeah. Because, yeah. oof. Oof. <laughs> I remember when the diocese bought that off of, uh, I think it was an evangelical church before. Yeah. Like a mega church. It's it swapped hands a couple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In yeah. The past. But, they should uh, give it to the fraternity. It's a big but waste we, of money. Yeah, I was gonna say we, even the fraternity would be like, "Listen, we can't, we can't turn this into, a, we can't, we can't do this, guys." Yeah, that's the kind of place you 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 purchase on a deal and then you flip it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Give it to the. Uh, they should give it to the other like the other big evangelicals. They'll take it, and it'll be yeah. done in two years. Joel Olstein, if you're listening. Uh, oh, that's right. We could put you in contact with the OC diocese. <laughs> Can you imagine Joel Olstein sitting down with? <laughs> a bishop or like the fraternity can you imagine that gosh i'd pay money to see that how should our music be well <laughs> anyway so it is uh the new year is almost upon us as we sit here by the time this video is released the new year is upon us and uh i like 2020 is going to be a big year for both of us mm-hmm. it's going to be one of the biggest years importantly in all aspects of our life yeah you realize that not only is it just fun to say but 2020 is a year that both of us uh uh, get married to our to our fiancés, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Uh, you in June and me in August. Does that sound about right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oof. Ain't that something? Man, it's going to be real fun. It's going to be real fun. I mean... <laughs> Party season. <laughs> 2020 is going to be a big year. I mean, it's a big year across the world. It's going to be a big year in our lives, certainly. I mean, the most important decisions. This was the first year that you witnessed a Latin Mass for Christmas midnight. Mm-hmm. And... This was the first year for me that I witnessed it in a parish that's concretely ours, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's it's made me... And, and also, I think that this is the first year for me that I've really started coming into my identity, first and foremost, as a Catholic, which I'd always prized before, very importantly. But to discover the richness of, of the liturgical history and of tradition and music and life, just cultural and parish life in a whole brand new way having a a church that's concretely like our place is important for that and also just being so attached to the different outlets that have given us access to our heritage is important so i for me this year uh i want to 
I want to stretch out my hand and I want God to lead me into the places where I don't want to go. As it says towards the end of the of gospel of John, I want God to take me deeper into my Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I want to do so radically because I'm going to be a husband and that's a sacrament into and of itself. Uh, I want my career the way that I, I earn money for my family, I want that to to lead me into new directions. I want to give more to God in all aspects of my life. I want to give my marriage to God. I want to give my my life and my livelihood to God and like actually do it, you know, mm-hmm. not just be passive about it. Um, and, you know, I think that for a lot of our listeners, I'm sure this is something that they're being called to do as well. But a lot of times it's like, you need a jumping off point. Mm. Like when is the day you're going to really cross the Tiber and then recross it in Latin or something like that. And uh, I think this might be the year. I think this year is a year of resus et bellum. This is going to be a year across the church for laughter and war. And there's going to be a lot of war. I think everyone understands that. So it's time for your own lives and for everyone's own spiritual awakening to have a little bit of laughter in there too. Like the richness of the faith to come alive not just in our struggles, but also in our triumphs. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of things are are being aligned for the Catholic lady to be, you know, to wake up and realize that they're, you know, in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, and it's time for you to, to really take a look at where you are and figure out, you know, where you're going to go. And I think it's the perfect year for, for us to, to go into tradition. Um, I think 2019 was the year for me to do that. Yeah. And and now that I've I've lived pretty much a whole year through, you know, jumping into the, the waters. The water's fine, guys. It's it's wonderful. Oh, it's wonderful. It, it? it feels great. <laughs> <laughs> Come on in. It, the, the waters of tradition are are amazing. Um and if you're just on the fence, you're thinking about it, you're you're going to mass and, you know, you're seeing all kinds of liturgical abuse, your, your heart's not at peace. You know, you sit through another boomer homily and mm-hmm. just like all kinds of different things. Like find find a fraternity parish, find a Latin mass, find a Byzantine rite church, you know, uh, that's, you know, that's Catholic. Do everything you can, even if it takes, if it takes you, if it's inconvenient for you, just do it. Yeah. Do it. Offer that up too, you know, and. Do yourself a favor. This this year is the year of laughter and war. Yeah. I mean, we're already experiencing the war. You know, you hear us on, on Mad Trads all the time. There's plenty of war. But there's also plenty of, of rhesus in there. Mm-hmm. Plenty of opportunities to laugh. I mean, just experiencing that mass during the, the, the Christmas midnight mass, that was just my heart was going to explode. It was it was incredible. Yeah. And then afterwards, getting together with the whole parish. I mean, everybody had a smile on their face. It's like 1 and 30 in the morning. Everybody's <laughs> laughing, having coffee and talking to each other. One of our friends, uh, there was like a, a wall um, right next to another <laughs> wall. And, you know, she dropped her phone in mm-hmm. there. And, you know, the priest came over and helped fish it out with like, because he's, he's like amazing and just really intelligent he's like (laughs) i got this guys you know you know it's just like those small moments those i'll never forget 
I'll never forget those small moments, uh, you know, because for me, they were moments of, of peace, moments of joy. And um, you could have that too in 2020. You know, we talk about um, how when Christ comes into the world, he doesn't come as a king. He comes as poor to the poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comes, you know, it's not, you know, it's it's obviously not freezing in the manger, but it's also not civilizations where you keep the animals. So, you know, he comes in a, in a situation that's not normal. And he comes in a situation that isn't ideal, again, for the king of kings, lord of lords, God, who is Alpha and Omega, is the beginning and the end, who is the way, the truth, and the life. He comes in as a as a baby, people. He doesn't he doesn't come in as a fully grown man, mm-hmm. you know, which is what people expected, you know. That's absolutely right. That's um, absolutely right. He comes in as the most vulnerable thing, you know, a child, a, a human child, you know. Human and divine, of course. But. I I think about and I hope, you know, I don't know anybody there who had this, but I know that there is because, you know, Christmas and Easter are the times when Catholics who ne- who don't come to mass come to mass. And I know that out there, because there are a lot of faces I'd never seen before at our church. And it's not just the fact that all the masses are getting together. There are a lot of people who this is the closest mass for them. And maybe they walked into it and didn't know that it was a Tridentine mass <laughs> as one as one sometimes does. Uh Maybe they knew and hadn't been forever, or maybe they, they'd been hostile and they were just curious or something. But I know that that night moved so many things so deeply. And what I, what I desire, what I hope, what I pray for is that the joy and the richness that Christ gives us in the holy sacrifice of the mass really radically touches people in, in, that, in that way that only God can, especially on a night like Christmas. I mean, for not being inside a church proper, all the smells and bells were there mm-hmm. for not being inside a church proper. Seldom have I ever felt more like, and it's consistent. This is the nice thing about, about the mass is that it's consistently perfect sacrifice offered to God. Again, this is the year where you have to get uncomfortable. There's no other way of saying it. This, you know, there are a lot of people, we see them online, we know them, we associate with them who go, tradition's really nice and good and I'm moving that way, I'm moving that direction. But listen, the nearest Latin mass is an hour away. Friends, how much would you drive for the sake of your soul? Is what the question is. If you're going to a mass and it's, it's not feeding you, if you really feel like you're sinning because you just can't stand it, if you're not getting close to God, but you're getting farther to God, you know, and we've seen plenty of that. You know, I read a, there was a very, very good article on 1 Peter 5, and it was an overview kind of article. It was a hypothetical, and it was these sorts of people at church that you see. And you go from from the the guy who grew up Catholic and has fallen away from it, and he just, he kind of wants to get back up, but he just can't stand the homily. So what does he do? He goes out to the bathroom, and he checks his phone, and he just kind of waits for father's uh, geriatrics to be over. <laughs> There's the there's the woman who is who's young, she's college, she's early adult, and she starts veiling. And she can't accept the real presence inside this scenario because she doesn't feel like she's worthy. She also doesn't feel like she's she's seen something that's giving proper honor to God. And so logically she might be in a different place, but she just her heart's not there and it can't be there because she's being blocked from her heritage. And it goes on down the list of all these kind of different archetypes and of, of people that you might say at your regular mass, and I'm saying it's time to stop. So we have a couple of New Year's resolutions. I know I do. And for those who are kind of sitting on the fence, for those who who 
are taking convenience over the sake of their souls and the sake of their family's souls. You know, it's again, it's not saying that it's a mortal sin to go to the Norse order. Obviously, it isn't. It still gives glory and honor to God. But if we're going to talk about reclaiming authentic Catholic heritage, and you really want to be serious about it, you don't just want to be one of the LARPers online, it's time to get uncomfortable. It's time to learn that driving an hour for mass is exactly what your ancestors did. It was not easy or convenient for them to go down to the catacombs and risk coming back up and being hauled off by Roman guards and being crucified or thrown in lions, which, by the way, happened. It wasn't like catacombs magically were never raided, by the way. It's, it wasn't convenient or easy for the story of that Chinese martyr, that young girl, who the, after the communists came and destroyed the church, all the Eucharists were on the floor. And every night, the priest observed that she would go and she would receive one Eucharist at a time on the tongue until the very last one was consumed and the soldiers found her and killed her. That wasn't convenient. It's not convenient for the history of, of martyrdom in the Americas for these priests to come on fire with the Holy Spirit to literally tear down temples to pagan gods and false gods and demons and say, we're going to build up brick by brick the true God's church. We're going to offer the sacrifice of the mass, not for the strongest of society, but for everybody. You know, for us men and for all salvation. I mean, this is this is the truth of truths. And so, yeah, it's this is a year of laughter and war, and it's it's time. It's time to get a little dirty. I'm glad you brought brought up the concept of of sacrifice. One of the first conversations that I had with uh, with uh, one of the priests at the at the the fraternity parish that we go to uh, was me kind of explaining to him like, hey, I'm I'm on the fence. I'm I'm searching. I really really need tradition i really need orthodoxy i'm I'm just i'm losing my mind and he was explaining to me you know a lot of people um will come from different parishes you know and much to the chagrin of certain certain priests because they lose parishioners like crazy and he was telling me also that um um a lot of people don't come to tradition because they think it's extra steps and they don't, you know, they never make an effort to to find tradition because they'll say things like, oh, well, the mass is in Latin, you know, I'm not getting anything out of it. I don't understand it, et cetera, et cetera. And he brought up that concept to me um, that we just spoke of, of sacrifice. He says, you know, to come here, it's a sacrifice for a lot of people. But But that's a worthy thing. It's a worthy thing for you to to be searching. It's a worthy thing for you to go to the Latin Mass, even though it's two hours away. There's actually people who drive more than two oh, hours. Yeah. And our pastor actually has a story of of you know his his youth uh, living in Australia and traveling literally the whole day mm -hmm. to get to the to, to get to the traditional Latin Mass. Not only that, but um, Bishop Athanasius Schneider in his book, well, he, he describes his childhood. He would spend a whole day traveling just to get to mass. And, and yes, it is a sacrifice, but it's, it doesn't go unnoticed. And also, um, you do get something out of it. Yeah. You do get a lot of, obviously the, the sacrifice of the mass isn't just for you to, to get, you know, some sort of cheap thrill or anything like that. The mass, the mass the sacrifice of the mass is for the people, but also it's not just exclusively just for your own entertainment or mm -hmm. whatever or participation. Um, 
it's 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 more than that. It's 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 the the sacrifice of of Christ at Calvary, you know, and that that's just incredible, you know. Like why why wouldn't you want to travel for 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 that, you know, just to to really touch in into that 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 reality mm-hmm. that you probably aren't getting at your Nova Soto Parish, you know, where you know. It's just, it's all novelty. It's, you know, it, it, I'm thinking about this now. One of the things that traditionalists get critiqued for a lot is because, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, well, all of that stuff is just novelty. Oh, you know, the masses in Latin, mm-hmm. the vestments are different. They're more elegant. Oh, that's novelty. But they never look at, you know, what's going on in the Novus Ordo where it's like, you literally have like, <laughs> you have the choir front and center. Gosh, yeah. and that's like the key to the mass. Um, it's, it's just like all of these different novelty novelties. and invention. You know, I was I was at Los Angeles has some of the most beautiful churches in the states, and I think certainly actually the most beautiful churches in the West, mm-hmm. um, because there's a complete history here that allows that the Spanish came. You know what I mean? The um, I mean just the whole thing. A lot of wealth here too. A lot wealthier, and, and and Catholics who are who who have been blessed with such a thing uh, are good when they pump it back into the church a little bit. And so, one thing is, I was at Blessed Sacrament, which is uh, the the resident uh, Jesuit parish here in Los Angeles. It's a beautiful church. It's right in the heart of Hollywood. But I have to say, yikes! Yeah, yikes! Uh, days without Jesuit tricks. <laughs> they had a rainbow flag on their altar did they really oh that was the one. Ooh, yeah. previously on mad trads <laughs> so they were it didn't have it this time it's a beautiful church it is beautiful it is it is absolutely stunning and one thing about it is this that they have a beautiful choir loft it's a beautiful choir loft it's a beautiful organ and again the aesthetics are good because if they point us to god and what's funny is that you don't have to be a Catholic or even a Christian to understand immediately what these things in- evoke. Uh, I work in Hollywood, so just ask me. A lot of very, very secular left people understand what Gregorian chant, and, and anytime they need a church, they always go to, there's Blessed Sacrament, there's St. Charles Borromeo, I mean, all the sorts. But my point being is this, it's a beautiful choir loft. And churches, by the way, are designed not just to be aesthetically pleasing, but also to be sound-wise pragmatic. The priest projects the mass, uh, and the choir projects where we are in the mass. So very important things. But what we've done nowadays is always without fail, oftentimes to the right or the left of the altar, there is a, a shorter piano put over. And it now houses a small choir that does your favorite hits from the 70s. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to be so negative on not in this episode, at least on the Norris Ordo always because one thing about it that kept me in where i was and prevented my complete flight to tradition early on was because the priest i had during my formative high school years was so solid and he was the first priest i ever looked up to and when i said father i meant 100 mm-hmm. percent. and that helped because i know that there's a lot of priests and a lot of parishioners out there who are like that yep the latin mass is two hours away and you have a three-year-old and yeah you know it's like it's nice well and good but you know there are on the flip side how many stories do we read now where there are these priests who are coming in and the parishioners ask them hey father would you ever mind just doing like a low latin mass or uh i had we had a friend who the other day said you know he talked to this priest who said i've just downloaded all the rubrics online for the for the tridentine mass and i'm learning it 
and it's going to take a while and then it's not my comfort zone he's not a fraternity priest by the way and that's what's happening it's not just a fraternity that's growing it's diocesan latin masses and it's it's and even when the latin mass isn't there this priest that my friend talked to he had that homily you know what he did he went i predict he said i predict that in 10 to 20 years mass is going to look like this and he went right in front of the altar and he turned his back to the people and he said this is how the priest is going to be in 10 to 20 years maybe this is the year 2020 is the year where you're in a diocesan parish and you ask the pastor will you give us a latin mass mm -hmm. will you at least add it People are hungry for this. And you know, it's like, and that is, so the Latin mass, of course, is such a fish out of water from the new right, that that takes so much study and practice. Baby steps are good because baby steps point us in the right direction, you know. Father, you know, I, I've been looking and I think that communion, uh, communion on the tongue is the most sense. Historically, spiritually, theologically, it is so important for me. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to know like what your stance on it. Father, altar rails make so much sense. Here we are in this beautiful church and we don't use our altar rails. And not only are they speedy, it's not like these people didn't know what they were doing, if you're worried about that, but I think it changes the whole tone of things. You know, Father, I know you, you know me because you're a priest who's just gone out of seminary. We can't stand a Marty Hagen piece. If I have to do Sing to the Mountain, Sing to the Seas one more time, I'm going to vomit. <laughs> I, I saw like, look, I think that, you know, I'm in the choir, I'm the choir master, I'm the organist or something. And I really, simple plain chant, I think would just change the scope of what we're doing here. And I would love to get your take. I'd love to get your opinion. And I'd love for you to implement this if possible. There's so many people in this church who are hungry for it. So let's have 2020 be the year that if, if you don't just, you know, jump to the to the different ship and go tridentine full stop this is the year we really could, are seeing in real time novus ordo's changing they're going back to tradition diocesan priests who just want to serve god in the best way that they know how who are juggling parish life and their own spirituality at the same time are realizing more and more man ad orientum changes the entire trajectory of the priest priests without fail up and down you know what they say they say when i do ad orientum the pressure is taken off me because when it's versus populum, it's about the priest. It's about performing to an audience. Mm -hmm. But when it's the back is turned, it's not turning your back on the people. It is leading the people. You want your pilot to be facing the same way as yeah. your people when leading the plane. It's about having that deep connection with God intimately. And that needs to happen for the priest too. And so again, part of laughter and war, but if your parish is going through something like that, if you want your parish to go through something like that, let this be the year that you talk to Father. Let this be the year that you get together people, put down names, signatures, affirmations, and say, listen, we would love a low Latin mass. We love any Latin mass. Yeah. We would love to bring back chant. Look, at, we'd love to use a choir loft. You know how many choir members would love to use a choir loft? <laughs> even in your, even in your, it's hard to haul the drums up there, by the way, which is why. <laughs> <laughs> This is the year you get rid of drums. Yes. At your parish. Oh, we can only hope. <laughs> Just burn them. Just burn around the center. I have a horror story about that. All right. I was really involved at the last parish I was in. Mm -hmm. And I asked the priest there, I said, Father, I think we should bring the bells back. 
because they signify the transubstantiation at the epiclesis of the mass they signify something and they they help the people have a, an inward disposition to understand what's going on and he said no of course um and, you know a few months later about a year or two later um what do i see in the in the parish choir this man brings in a giant wind chime wind chime and like <laughs> bongo drums and all this Oof. stuff and 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 that's okay but not tradition i'm sorry i'm feeling a little a little mad today about it. <laughs> reminiscing you no know? but you know what but, it is uh, it's this is why that kind of madness is good because it's not just like being angry but it's it is that's the aspect of of war yeah right that's right and we can't forget that 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 has to be an aspect we have no choice people now now it's war mm -hmm. and, we, and this is the year of confrontation but that doesn't mean you have to do this with you know um just rage or anything yeah do it with rhesus you got to do it with laughter mm -hmm. because what's the re what's the reason uh for us to get mad uh, what, what are we getting mad for well we're getting mad because we're, because we're we're seeing that that our faith is being taken from us mm -hmm. okay and people aren't taking taking anything seriously anymore christ almost appears to be not present in the mass anymore or in our personal life so we have to make an effort this is why 2020 is the year yeah you know well, well you know what, what kind of what do you think about resolutions jordan Ooh, are you a resolutions man i'm not really a resolutions man believe it or not yeah i don't i, I like either. the i like the concept right but i think that it's like this right it's like resolutions are good but only if they're they're tangible and oftentimes if you try to change so many things about yourself in one year it's gonna it's you're not gonna change anything master of all is a master of none mm -hmm. so the answer for me is that you pick one really solid thing so in the in the in the regular world it's like this resolution this new year's i want to go to the gym someone says someone and then they say okay and what that means because you have to be you have to have an actual blueprint on something is at least two times a week, I want to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. For how many long time? I don't know, but that's just what I want to do. And if you go, this year, I want to go to the gym and I want to uh, I want to skateboard down uh, a pipe in Venice Beach. And I don't know how to skateboard, so I'm going to learn how to skateboard. Oh, and also I want to go parasailing over France. Oh, and also I want to do this. <laughs> over France. It's like, it's like, that's all well and good, but, you know, it's like, know your human nature, know yourself. You're, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's like, now to tie that back, there are good resolutions. Like pick one or two good resolutions. And oftentimes what I like to do is pick a pick a general life one. This year, I'd like to read more books, right? And then pick a good religious one. And between the two of those things, you should be, and you know, they should be complementary to each other. Uh, I'll give an example of one, talking about laughter and war together, which is very important. And I think that... Um, Again, there are a lot of the internet space is a wonderful thing. It's been a wonderful thing for tradition, but like anything, it can be a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. So if this is the year where you find yourself using tradition as a guise to, and obviously we brought up like both kind of fun criticisms and legitimate criticisms about the new mass and boomerism and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but you know, it's like at the same time, we're, it's not, we're not spiteful, hateful people. And tradition is never about spider hate. And it's never been about spider hate. No. And 
It's about preserving. It's about preserving. And it's not just about preserving, but, you know, people say, well, you guys are just, you know, what is it? What's the quote now? It's like, it's not about preserving a museum. No. The answer is, of course, it's not about preserving a museum. In fact, what's funny about this is it's it's by going back that we go forward. This is the mass and this is the faith that converted the entire world. Mm -hmm. This is the one of saints and sinners alike. How wonderful that is. And you're a part of that. Chesterton says that that tradition is a democracy of the dead. And so when you hear someone criticize smells, bells, and frills, and it's just all novelty, as you said. You know what's very funny is it's the complete polar opposite of novelty. To bring up Chesterton again, there's a, an, a, a story by him where he stumbles into the shop of Father Christmas. And Father Christmas replies that I'm dying, is what he says. It's kind of an old shop. It's a little cluttered with toys. Is Father Christmas Santa Claus? Mm-hmm. Okay. In, in, in the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's he's a non Coca Cola commercialized Santa Claus. <laughs> he's like really, uh, and what's funny is though, so you know Chesterton stumbles in as a as a modern man stumbles in on Father Christmas who says I'm dying, and he looks over and there's Charles Dickens, and he looks up at Santa looks up at Charles Dickens and says I'm dying, and down the line it goes with very famous kind of figures, and what's funny is everyone goes you were dying when I was when I was here as modern man. Now, what does it mean? Well, it's simple. It, it means that the Catholic Church, as a church, the traditions, right? We say, oh, it's a 2,000-year-old tradition. What's funny about tradition is tradition always is old. It's never novel. It's never new. It was, it, it always, it has a feeling. And meanwhile, if you date yourself by bringing in modern things, quote unquote, and saying that this is the hip new way and this is the only way the church can survive, the church's reply is, no, because the church has always been dying. But see, it's, I know it's a funny little concept to wrap your head around, but it's only by by looking at it that way that you see that how eternal Christ's church is. The priestly garments that have remained relatively unchanged with some modifications, obviously, for the past 2,000 years, but the core is the same, right? The mass always ad orientum, always chant. We're singing hymns that go back as far as we can as we can record them. Even before musical notation was invented, and so the answer is not that, the answer isn't that, well, we need to modernize. The answer is the church has never been modern. Even in the time periods where we say it was the glory days of the church, even at the time of the Council of Trent, even at the time of St. Francis, even at the time of Christ himself, the church was always ancient. And there's something, and that's the power that, that draws us forward. Is the fact that we can see the eternal that Christ has reflected, obviously, in the traditions of the church. Because they go on. So to my original point, this is the year that if you are just an online traditionalist and you use that as a weapon to just say that the barn's on fire and the horses are slaughtered and there's nothing you can do about it, get clad a little bit. I mean, come on, we're plugged into a 2,000-year-old history that's unchanging. There's not been a dogma of the Catholic Church that has changed. How surreal is that? The papacy is the oldest institution in the world. How surreal is that? And so, yeah, get happy for heaven's sake. Yeah, that brings a lot of comfort to me, to be honest, in a, in a culture that's just constantly, constantly changing. One day, one day it's this, and then the next day, oh, no, that's not okay anymore. One day I'm a boy, next day I'm a non-binary. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's always something new, and, and it's, just, it's just stressful. I don't think people have a lot of peace nowadays. But to know that on Sunday or whenever, whatever day I have an opportunity to go to mass, 
but mostly Sunday because Sunday is a really special day for me. Mm-hmm. It has been, it has become a special day for me. To know that I'm going to go, I'm going to experience Christ, literally. He's there in the Eucharist. That's so much peace of mind. Yeah. And yeah, it's a 2,000-year-old thing that we're taking part of. But man, it feels brand new. Ever ancient, ever new. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. it's like there aren't, for for the Eucharist, it's not insert x millions of masses that have been offered over the centuries it is the same sacrifice yep the same that happened at uh, calvary the same that is happening on the altar every single day and the same that will happen ever until christ's second coming so if you're not getting that at your parish if you're not realizing that there's something wrong yeah and you you have to either say something or for goodness sakes, come and visit us. Come and visit. Come and doors visit are us. Open. Doors My are God. open. Come, come hang out. St. Vitus in San Fernando. I can't it's remember our actual address. But... Home of the Latin Mass Home in LA. of the Latin Mass in LA. And it's only going to get better from here. I have a resolution that I want to do. And uh, it, I'm going to do it a small one. And you're going to laugh at me because it's a very small one. But you have to understand how proud I am of myself okay. real quick. So this was the year that I learned the Ave Maria and the Potter Noster finally in Latin. Cool. And it only took me two and a half years, <laughs> which is okay. Because if you think about this, if I had grown up my entire life in the Latin Rite, like your kids are going to be doing this. They're going to be like, yeah, dad, why are you weeping? I, like, I know the Ave Maria, obviously. You want to know a pro tip? Yeah. If you sing it, it's easier to memorize. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. This, this is why this is this is why why music is so important because you actually you you, you learn more by music than just by repetition. Yeah. You, repetition by music is the most important thing. So this year, I want to I want to learn the 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 confiteor. Oh, the confiteor. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm I'm 50% there. Good. You good. know. But just little parts of the mass and part of our heritage. Yeah. And and then, you know, I want to incorporate that into my spiritual life because, you know, it's very funny when you start actually fun thing about the mass. You know, the mass really is it, it's so beautiful. But what the mass is, it is it's scripture that the actual words themselves are a lot of times are scripture woven in with the most beautiful with the prayers of saints, like the most beautiful thing you could possibly imagine. It's unbelievable how much of that stuff is intertwined. Fun fact, by the way. Catholic mass has more scripture in it than Protestants. You might think that's funny to believe, but I was listening to a Stephen Ray talk and he was like, these are all just Bible verses. And I was like, yeah, they are. <laughs> so, so point being is that, is that more heritage about what the mass is. And that starts for me with the confiteor because that's the most, that's one of the most recognizable prayers, especially in the low mass when you see it. Uh, but obviously in the high mass too. Um, and then I, um, I'm, I'm committing myself really authentically to joy. And so that might be a silly thing. We've been talking about that one for a little bit. But, you know, again, there's this, this is going to be a very tough year for the, the history of the church. These last two years, in particular, these last, the last, I mean, there's always been a tough time for the church. I'm not, I'm actually not really a believer that there's ever a quote unquote golden era. Sometimes are way easier than others. And sometimes are way more difficult than others. These are dark days. But we are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And so for the sake of your own souls, uh, I'd like to make a plea that you don't take your eye off the prize. You know, when God comes to judge the living and the dead, there's not hate with him. 
It's that it's that he sorts the wheat from the chaff and gets on with it. And so must we in our own lives. There's a lot of things to get mad about. And there are a lot of things that can scandalize the faithful and do scandalize the faithful and scandalize you and scandalize us. And it's very easy to go down that rabbit hole. And oftentimes, I'll give a just a, a, a pure flat out, but when you come to tradition, you're going to realize that your heritage has been essentially deprived from you. Centuries of heritage ha you have been deprived and lied about. You were always told that traditionalists were rigid and that they wore funny hats and funny little dresses and that they hated everybody. And you're going to go, well, that's not true at all. You always heard that traditionalists oppressed women and minorities and all this other kind of things. <laughs> and that's not true at all. That uh, you know, it's only it's only for a patriarchal cis white male kind of a thing, whatever you want to call it. And that's not true. And so, yeah, you're going to get mad. And then on top of that, you find out that, well, chant is beautiful. Why, why, why wasn't this in my own spiritual life? My sister, my brother, my friend is outside the faith. If they had only known about this, would not they have held on? Could, and then before you know it, it cascades. Man, did you see what the Pope did today? Did you see the Vatican do today? <laughs> Holy crud. Father Jim Rainbow stole down the road from me in this mass, all that kind of stuff. It's fun to poke fun at. And you should obviously pay attention to things because an informed Catholic is a good Catholic. But remember what we're fighting for. If you find yourself getting so unimaginably angry at all the terrors and horrors of the church, congratulations. Now you know what God deals with, with you personally on a daily basis. And yet he forgives and loves you, you know. <laughs> Got a comment there, buddy? <laughs> no, I just, I was thinking of a, a story that Fulton Sheen told of, um, I think he was saying something about, uh, Abraham welcoming a visitor and the visitor, you know, he shows up out of the blue and Abraham slaughters the, the fattest calf, you know, provides him the best tent, gives him everything that he needs and the guy's not satisfied. And so after a few days of just repetitive, repetitively just not being satisfied, he, he prays to God and he says, God, I'm going to kick this guy out. And God says, look, I've been putting up with this guy for 50 years. You could put up with him for another few nights. <laughs> <laughs> Classic sheet, huh? Classic story. Um, I should ask you, do you have a resolution? I know you're not really into resolutions, as you say, but everyone has like a small little something of improvement or deprovement. I don't know. You do, yeah. You live your own truth. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I don't have a specific um, resolution, but I have been working on incorporating more forms of traditional piety into my life. Um, this started many months ago. Uh, I stopped eating meat on Fridays. Now, we live in a, a diocese that um, allows you to have meat on Friday. You substitute it out with a different penance. Mm -hmm. Um but I've started to uh, not do that. I've started to to forego having meat and offer that as a sacrifice. Because when you sacrifice, it puts you in the frame of mind uh, of Christ. Christ. Christ who sacrifices life for us. You know, you, you kind of get just the... I mean, giving up meat on Friday, that's not that hard. Yeah. But, but it, it is just a tiny bit hard. You know, and, and that, that puts you in the right mindset, you know, puts you in, in uh, the mindset of Christ. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing that. Um, after communion, I've been, um, I've been going, there's a really beautiful prayer in my missal 
um, for after communion. So I've been doing that. And um, again, it puts you it puts you in the right mindset. So all of these traditional forms of piety, they, they direct your heart to a deeper devotion to Christ, a deeper devotion to to Catholicism, a deeper a deeper relationship, you know. So I'm going to keep doing that. Um, I don't know how I can gauge success, but um, I suppose one way that you could do it is is whether or not you feel that um, because we're our worst critics, right? Yeah. You know, we might feel like, oh, I didn't do enough. I think one way that I could gauge that is to say, oh, okay, I'm trying the hardest that I can, mm -hmm. you know. And so I'm going to keep doing that this year. 2020 is is going to be, it's going to be hard to beat 2019. 2019 it, has been the best year I'm of my so, life. I'm so, so I've known you for a long time since we were at mm. the church down the road before yeah. St. Vitus. Yeah. So I got to tell you that personally watching your, your whole growth in 2019 I'm happier. <laughs> I, you are happier. And also, I mean, I can't, I still have the text. So for, for those that don't know, um, Rudy and I, I've known Rudy since, since I came to this town. Yeah. Like uh, three years ago. Yeah. Right? Three, four years ago. Four now. years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we went to the same church right down the road um, and he was heavily involved in it. And so when I left to go join uh, the fraternity, where the fraternity was at the time, uh, it was actually really, really heart wrenching for me because I had made all these very good friends and I didn't know how to talk to them about this. Part of that, I think, was my own uh, was my own kind of imagination running wild. Um, but also, I know that, that can be a very difficult thing for someone who's going to tradition or coming to Catholicism just bar none. Everyone understands this, like that that convert feeling of of feeling alone. Mm -hmm. You found something that's beautiful and true. Never mind the beauty, but it's true also. Uh, and you can't even talk about it. How can you do it? And so what's funny is that I had started going to St. Vitus and um, Rudy started sniffing at it. And so um, I had a text once and it was, uh, hey, bro, uh, when are the mass times for St. Vitus? <laughs> and I like, I remember that. I almost died. <laughs> and then uh, he, uh, you got a missile and uh, there yeah, was the, the priest. He, he had this really old missile. Mm -hmm. and he's like. Here, why don't you use it? It was like in tatters and stuff. Yeah. It's like this That's is kind of what missile. I yeah, it's like the, what I give to the new people, mm -hmm. you know, just so you could follow along. Yeah, wonderful priest. I'll never forget. There was one time I don't know. We'd met each other. We 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 met up somewhere, and we said goodbye to each other. And rather than just like a hey, see you around, you looked at me and you said, "I'll see you at mass." And I thought that was that was that was an extremely touching moment because I you know, a friend from that I, I held very dearly and high regards for was also kind of coming to his own journey. And so I've watched that in real time with you. I've watched you uh, and your and your fiance come to Fulms of Tradition and it's been exciting. So 2019, uh, I'm very happy. It has been a very good year. Uh, it's part of the reason why we're doing this. Yeah. Honestly, you know, that's a cool <laughs> thing to think about. Uh, for me, 2019 was an absolute wonderful year uh, to grow deeper into my faith, to meet the love of my life. Uh, to do some real serious cinematography. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I, you know, I'm looking forward to that. And I, I, I'm realizing more and more. This is why it's like, at the end of the day, I'm completely understanding now, more so than ever at any time in my life, that everything that I have is because of God who's moved in my life. Yeah. And in a really radical way. Uh, and so for 2020, I just want to 
give what I can back to him. Uh, and so I didn't mean to get all sentimental there for a second, but it's, no. tr- you know, it's, yeah. it's true. It's, and you know, again, this is something that's happening all over. It's not isolated incidents and we don't feel alone anymore. And that's really nice. You know, it's, I, I can't wait for the day where we don't say traditional Catholic sick of that adjective, mm-hmm. just Catholic. I'm, I, I, I maybe I've said this before on the show, but I can't wait for the day that our kids go. Yeah. Dad, I went to mass. Yeah, of course it was. Of course it was Latin mass. Like, why? Why do you like? Why are you crying? Like, yeah, of course I was at grandma's and like she went. We went to that weird mass down the road. Like, why is it? Like, I was like, okay, weird. I would. I mean, it's not like I would ever go. I'd ever go there. Like, you should have heard the music they were playing, Dad. Why are you high fiving me? So yeah, let this. Let twenty twenty. Let God. You know, again, stretch out your hand and let God lead you in twenty twenty. Yes, correspond correspond to the grace that is just constantly being spilled over you by God. God is constantly giving you grace every single day, whether you know it or not. Mm-hmm. And you have an opportunity either to accept it or to reject it. But let it be this year that you you really sit down and discern how God is moving in your life. And what graces is, is he genuinely giving you uh, for you to grow in a deeper relationship with him? For you to get to know him a lot better, you know, and and grow in your spiritual life, let it let it be this year, and um, if not, just understand that this is a lifelong thing. We're going to be talking about this, this the same things in twenty twenty one, because why? Because this is our life. We're trying to perfect ourselves here on Earth, and we're doing everything that we can to to make that happen, so that we can we can share an eternity with God. So never forget that that on on this this path this pathway that we have of life that we need to have both laughter and war. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be those two things. It's always going to be laughter and war. You know what the difference between 2020 and 2021 is going to be? One year. Yeah, we're going to be married, bro. <laughs> but not to each other because forget that <laughs> 2021, I, I think I'd, I would like to have uh, more laughter and be a father. You got really quiet there. Are you nervous? <laughs> I'm kind of, we got to, oh gosh, I can't wait for, um, uh, wait like 50 episodes from now. Hey, welcome back to the Glad Chad podcast marriage Wee! episode. Yes. Oh, it's going to be out. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Being a parent so hard. It's so hard. Yeah, God did it. God bless him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if we're going to get mad, yeah. I just want to say that you pissed me off. <laughs> oh, I, wait, I pissed you off. <laughs> because you showed me the most degenerate video I've ever seen in my life. I mean, okay. <laughs> I, I kind of wish that I had never seen that. <laughs> the whole time I was looking at it. Did I, was... I did I scandalize you, dear boy? <laughs> it wasn't scandal. It was more of a... Uh, just shock and disbelief so what how far we've fallen as a culture show on this doll what uncle jordan showed you i don't know if you guys have seen this before but what's the show called so it's barcroft tv barcroft tv yeah it's a youtube channel that's weird yeah well obviously well it opens up with this weird graphic that says love doesn't judge is that what it said <laughs> it said love don't judge love don't judge yeah, which means you know you're in for oh, a good treat you're in, mm-hmm. yeah, you're in for something what are we loving rudy <laughs> well it's this this weird 
polyamorous relationship, I don't recommend you go and look for it. Just I, I do. Our explanation is enough. <laughs> it's it's this this weird house in Florida where there's four guys who look like neckbeards. They they one of the comments said this is what uh, Reddit manifested looks like, uh, or or like GameStop employees or something. <laughs> But but it's four guys who are in this polyamorous relationship with this this girl. What are they like? Twenty years old or something? She's apparently twenty. She's twenty. I don't know. But but neckbeards don't don't have an age. They just 30. wither away. Yeah, they're like eternally thirty. <laughs> That's right. And and somehow they all are in this relationship, and she's pregnant with one of the guys. It's. What is this? <laughs> so let me, I'm sorry. So let me explain just a little bit. They are in a polyamorous relationship, but here's the thing. They're not in a polyamorous relationship with each other collectively. They are all in relationship with the woman. So as one of them described it, she is the wheel and they are the spokes, but it's only a one-way street for each. I know, I know, I know. I, I, this, this is peak degeneracy. This is peak degeneracy. <laughs> peak. Peak. Uh, and so, yeah, so what happens is essentially like, I guess that they are, so this, they're in, they all live in the house together. All the boyfriends like interact, like they all play video games together. And apparently there's a lot of jealousy. <laughs> um, and so she's pregnant. It's also she, very sad. Like yeah, at the core of it. It's, it's, it's very like sad. sad. It's a video that you watch and you don't like, you want to get mad, but really you just get tired. You know, when you wake up, I feel like an old man sometimes you wake up and you're just like, you know what? Like. These I kids, these kids in their polyamory, it's it's degeneracy, but it's the worst kind. So she's like, and I'm this poor child, right? So life is always good because life always comes from God, and uh, we would be fortunate if we have our children be born in the best of situations, which mm. is just not the history of the world. But there are some situations you can prevent. Like if I was a dude's father, okay, here's another thing too. They all are like, we're all gonna like, yeah, sometimes we get all jealous, but like we're all gonna love this baby and like raise it as our own. So like- Oh, he said something really cringe about having like an endless loop of yeah, go ask your go dad. Go ask your dad. That is so cringe, man. <laughs> Dude, I think Come on. this is a video of actual cucks. Because technically, actually, like not even just like the, the derogatory, like the general term. This is actually like a legit case because technically speaking, the dude, guy yeah. one is being cucked by guy two who's being cucked by guy three. Oh, it's, it's literally, it's both literal cuckery and Tom cuckery. The, the, <laughs> the figurative way of saying, oh, that guy's a cuck. It's just that. To the extreme. I don't think you could ever top that. You know, here's a saving grace about this video. So I would, so Rudy <laughs> says don't watch it. You uh, think there's a saving there grace? There is. There is a saving grace. You're not going to believe right. this. Uh, it makes me want to be this monogamous be our... even harder. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. That's good. Like I'm going to, I'm going to call Jen after this and I'm going to say, not only are you the only woman for me, but like, I'm never, I, I don't, I'll, I'll kill any other woman I see. What is with you and killing people, <laughs> dude? I mean, what did I ever say? Killing other? You said you could kill your wife. I said we the Catholic. Can't get it's divorced. true. Catholics, kill your wife. Catholic, there's no. There's no word for divorce in Catholicism. Uh, hey, you guys, I'm actually being held up. <laughs> Damn it, Rudy! I'm talking. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's a. It's a. It's, it's a curse. It's a cursed video, isn't it? It's cursed. Yeah, but you know what's unfortunate? This is. <laughs> makes me want to cry. There are now articles. Speaking of polyamory, which says this, what is the, here's the question. What is the best Christmas present you could have gotten your, your lovely fiance? Uh, 
Well, I got Ashley a tea set. She loved it. No, she did it by dude. The best thing you could have given that girl was a cheat pass. A cheat pass? A cheat pass. With like a celebrity or? Uh, no, man. With like one of these cucks in the video. <laughs> That's horrible, man. That's true. But there are articles about this now, right? I think like it's either HuffPost or Salon that had an article about this. The point being is this. Look, degeneracy is garbage. But at least you realize, you know, sometimes you got to sit back and go, wow, I'm, I could be a lot worse. Wow, I'm normal. Wow, I'm normal. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> oh, shit. I'm, I, I want to say I'm sorry for showing you that. Yeah. But I'm. <laughs> it's one of those things I'll forget. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Well, unfortunately, your taste, the taste is going to be washed out of the mouth with something worse. There's always something worse. Yeah. Yeah, there is always something worse. <laughs> Especially on, on, you know, we're we're on some uh, ass posting yeah uh, boards mm -hmm. there's always something new coming out always something new yeah, dude so Ugh. you ever get that you ever get tired rudy yeah you I, ever just get i have to stop looking at that stuff dude that's another new year's resolution i love our facebook boards yeah. but uh i've also i've realized two things number one it is not the thing to look at in the morning because you'll get <laughs> mad uh and number two some people are just so whiny yeah they're so whiny about nothing it's funny too is that there's there's some people that like somehow took a wrong turn and they ended up there. And it's like, wait a minute, you're in the wrong place. My <laughs> you picked friend. the wrong town, friend. <laughs> <laughs> we don't take kindly to you. That's right. They're like, wait, you guys are actually mocking this? You're like, ah, there oh, it is. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the Glad Trad podcast. This is our New Year's episode, so happy New Year's to you and your family. If you liked what we had to say, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell and we'll teach you how to get free V-Bucks without using your mom's credit card, all that kind of crap. Uh, <laughs> uh, please also, uh, we would love uh, if you if you could share this, of course. We are still obviously growing our, 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 our uh, community and all your feedback has been wonderful and greatly appreciated so far. And thank you so much for all those who keep tuning in and listening to our, our thoughts and comments. And so, yeah, we would love to hear from you always. If you're on YouTube, you can leave a comment and also you can send any questions you might have to gladtradpodcast at gmail.com and uh, we can go ahead and start answering stuff because now we're, we're just at that size. We could take a question or two if we wanted to. Yes, shoot us a question. We would love to answer it. And uh, for all of our, our friends, our subscribers, thank you very much. Happy New Year. And we're going to tune out. Adios. God bless you. God bless you. Bye.